Welcome into the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we are talking about the 3 and D players from this past season, the 22-23 season. So we've had some tweets about this. I think last offseason there was a couple, and then there's been a couple this offseason, where the 3 and D archetype player is really popular in the league now. It has kind of since like the three-point revolution of like the mid-2010s. The idea is you want to fill out your roster. You want to have like one or two stars, a third star if you can, and then you want to fill out the roster with a bunch of 3 and D players, guys that can hit threes, they can space the floor, they can hit catch-and-shoot opportunities, and they can play above average defense. And that idea makes sense, and these players are valuable. However, because it's such a popular archetype, a lot of players are thrown into this without really being a 3 and D player. So that's always really bothered me, and I've always wanted to set a criteria that would kind of parse out who made it in an individual season and who did not. So I think we we might have done a podcast about this last offseason. I can't remember. I know there's been a number of tweets, and we've kind of tweaked with like the formula of what I want it to be. But I think I came out with something that was really good because we just actually came out with a new stat that I think helps kind of hone in on this. So again, this is 3 and D players from last season that would qualify based on numbers. This is not my opinion. This is me trying to build a criteria and seeing what players um, are above kind of the threshold they need to be. I, I like the list. I like the players that are here. And yeah, let's get into kind of the uh, the criteria and the thinking behind it. So I took two stats. Pretty simple. It is our three-point catch-and-shoot shot making, which on catch-and-shoot attempts, it looks at shot making, which basically is how well you perform relative to your shot quality. Because the problem with just looking at raw three-point percentage is we know that depending on who you are, your shots are going to be a lot easier or a lot harder depending on your defensive attention. Because there's some players that just they literally don't get guard, especially in the playoffs. It's just like, now nah, we're playing four on five and that guy can stand on the corner. So we're looking at, again, three-point catch-and-shoot shot making, how well you're shooting compared to your shot quality on catch-and-shoot attempts from three. So there's a little bit more, um, like I almost want to call this like a smart stat. Like there's a little bit of like uh, understanding built into of what it's looking for. Now, the other thing, the other component is the defense. Now, we're looking at role-adjusted D-LeBron. This is actually a new stat on the site. It's, it's, we, we've been working on it for a while, and I don't think it's been maybe a month. And basically what it looks at is, so the issue with, not the issue, the explainer with D-LeBron is it just looks at who are the most impactful defenders in the league, and then it goes all the way down the list, right? But the way basketball works is your bigs are just going to be more impactful on defense, right? If you park a seven-foot person next to a basketball hoop, they're going to alter or block a fair amount of shots, and it's going to be hard to score. (laughs) I think we can all kind of agree on that. The taller the person is standing next to the hoop, the harder it is to score. So generally how it works is most of the bigs in the league are on the higher end of the D-LeBron scale. And then as you get lower, there's wings. And then as you get lower to the bottom, there are guards. Now, there are that, – that's not like, you know, a hard rule. There are guards that are very, very high in D. LeBron. There are bigs that are fairly low because they're, they're just bad defenders. But just generally, all of the bigs are going to be near the top of the list. That's why we're using roll-adjusted D. LeBron because, again, we have seven defensive roles here at Basketball Index. So I wanted to look at how well – 
a wing stopper compares to all of the other players in their role, right? Because like you don't really, for the most part, compare a wing a point of attack defender or a wing stopper to like an anchor big because they're not really doing the same thing they're not interchangeable so again the idea is we look at three point catch and shoot shot making again how well you're hitting your catch and shoot attempts relative to your shot quality and then we're going to look at roll adjusted d lebron because i want to see you know who are the best point of attack or wing stopper defenders who are the best helpers who are the best anchor or mobile bigs relative to their position group, right? Because I don't think you can play five centers in a real NBA game and have an effective defense. Maybe you can. I don't know. Me, I think if you had five big enough centers, maybe. Like if you had five guys over seven foot, that might actually work. But it's like if you play five point of attack defenders, even if they're like the five best in the league and you don't really have anyone over like six, eight, it's like, that's eh, going to be pretty difficult to play defense. So they're not really interchangeable. So, we're looking at, you know, on-ball defenders, off-ball defenders, and bigs to try to figure out who's good in those groups. So I think that makes more sense because I think before, I think in like a tweet I put out the other day, it was just raw D-LeBron, which still is like, it's not a bad idea because you're going to get like the real cream of the crop of the the guard and, and wing defenders in that. But I wanted to do the role adjust D-LeBron to kind of better include players that I think should be on this list. And then the last thing is, oh, uh, there's a thousand thousand minute minimum to make this. That's pretty standard with most of the stuff we do. It just means you play it at least like a decent amount. And then one thing is I took out one of our defensive roles is low activity, which basically is someone that's just kind of the defense is hiding because either they're not very good at defense or they're using a lot of energy up on offense and they don't want them to waste it on defense. So those players I would not consider three and D players. If you're in that role, the way the team is using you. So I removed all the low activity players from the list. So just removed one of the defensive groups. So one thing I wanted to do before we get into the actual players on the list is I want you to think about how many players do you think actually are three and D players in the league? Cause like there's a fair amount of guys that shoot above average on catch and shoot attempts. There's obviously going to be a fair amount of guys that are above average defenders, even adjusted for the role, however you want to look at it. But I want you to think about how many players do you expect to be three and D players above average at both of those things. So while you think about that, the other thing I wanted to say was just because you don't make it this year or you know, it uh, doesn't mean you're you're not a 3 and D player, right? You might have made it last year. You might make it the next season. So just because you're not on this list doesn't mean like you can't be considered in the archetype or whatever it is. Because I think there's players that I consider 3 and D that didn't make it this year, but whatever. They've made it two of the last three seasons or whatever it is. Because again, these are like pretty harsh. Uh, these are pretty harsh kind of standards to put on this. But again, you have to be above average in the three-point catch-and-shoot shot making and above average in the role-adjusted D LeBron. So if you've thought about how many players do I actually think are legit 3 and D players by the numbers this season, the answer that I have is 24. So 24 players that is a legit three-point, you know, catch and shoot guy that is also above average on defense. Like there's just not that many guys that are true three and deers and you'll see like a lot of guys on this list get played like made pretty well so let's get into it we're going to start with the on ball defenders we have two uh defensive roles here point of attack and wing stopper these roles are similar just the difference is the wing stopper is generally a bigger player think you're guarding lebron or kevin durant or a larger wing so we had nine on ball defenders that were three and d players here in 2023 
In the point of attack role, it was Dante DiVincenzo, DeAnthony Melton, Quentin Grimes, Darius Garland, and Javon Carter. So I think all those players instantly pop out to me as good defenders. I think Garland, I just think is solid, but the other four on the list, again, Dante DiVincenzo, DeAnthony Melton, Quentin Grimes, Darius Garland, and Javon Carter. It's like a four of those guys are really high-end defenders, and then Garland I always thought was solid, and then... They, those guys kind of check all the boxes for me. I'm like, yeah, no, I think those guys is pretty solid spot up guys. Darius Garland is a really good three point shooter where I'm like, man, this guy's like, like three plus. What <laughs> I don't know if we can make a new thing of like guys that are really elite at one of these two things, but Darius Garland's three point shooting. I really like a lot. So those are the point of attack defenders at the wing stopper defensive role. We have KCP. He was on, obviously, the Nuggets. They won the championship this year. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, Royce O'Neal, and OG Ananobi. I know, man, NBA Twitter loves OG Ananobi. They really like him a lot. He is a 3 and D stud. I watched some tape on him, and uh, the defense is pretty exciting, I will say. Uh, Wiggins, I feel like, has gotten a lot of shine in the national media, obviously, because he's on the Warriors. And then Royce O'Neal was, so he was on those Jazz teams that were pretty good with... uh, before they blew it up with Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. He was actually one of the few guys that played defense on that team. It was pretty much like him and Gobert, and then a bunch of guys that were not really defenders, but another really solid 3 and D guy. Basketball index is like data has always liked him quite a bit. So again, the wing stoppers, KCP, Wiggins, Royce O'Neal, and OG Ananobi. So we have nine total on-ball defenders that made our 3 and D uh kind of over that threshold to be considered players that in the 2023 season. Also, I know there's going to be a lot of names and there's a lot of information in this podcast. Pretty much what I've been doing consistently now is I will tweet out the notes to the podcast. So if you want to see these lists, because again, it is 24 players I'm going to talk about. It just makes it easier because uh, if you follow the Basketball Index Twitter account, which if you listen to this podcast, I assume you do, and then uh, it'll retweet if I tweet it from my account at Taylor Metrics or whatever. You'll see it, and the list just sometimes helped because it's a lot of names. You know, it's a lot of names. So that was our nine on-ball defenders. I would say if I was going to take one guy here from this group, I really like DeAnthony Melton. He is a a defender on the Sixers. He was on the Grizzlies previously. And they traded for him, and I was like, oh, that's like one of the best under-the-radar moves of the offseason. That was last offseason. I really like him a lot. Grimes in New York, he has only played two years. He has got some serious juice in his legs. He's a really promising player. Dante DiVincenzo, is just, he's been a, a good player. I know he's had some injuries. He's signed a pretty big deal with the Knicks. Uh, Javon Carter just got a three-year deal with the Bulls. And then, obviously, Darius Garland signed up with a large extension with the with the Cavs. I really like these point-of-attack players. I think we'd all kind of agree these are, are pretty good players just generally. But I give them the stamp of approval for the, uh, the 3-and-D player in the 2023 season. So let's move over to off-ball defenders. So we had 12 off-ball defenders. And... I actually think it's harder to get the 3 and D title in the public when you're an off-ball defender because on-ball, it's a little bit easier, right? Like you see them play. Like I think for years, like Pat Bev is the guy that comes to mind where it's like it was kind of easy to see that because his defense was pretty loud. I think this is the hardest of the three groupings of on-ball, off-ball, and bigs. This is the hardest to see because 
it's like it, it's one rotational way a lot of the time where it's not always where you're looking like because a lot of times they need to do their thing before the the shot goes up or before like the, the play is halfway over however you want to describe it so our two defensive roles we're going to talk about here are helper and chaser we'll go with chaser first just because there's only two names it's grayson allen on the bucks and gary trent jr who was on the raptors he what he's a free agent i think he's still a free agent those two guys were the two to make it uh for chaser and basically chaser is just hey we need you to run around and chase steph curry around a bunch of screens or whatever you have to chase some shooter off ball a lot to be in that role uh on top of that we're going to go to helper for the off ball defenders jason tatum keegan murray who is a rookie that's that's pretty exciting for him to be on the list Laurie Markkinen, most improved player. Trey Murphy the third. People really excited about him. He's on the Pelicans. Cam Johnson just got a big extension with the Nets. Spencer Dinwiddie has been a pretty good player for a number of years. Desmond Bain just got a big extension with Memphis. Kevin Durant, don't need to explain him. Anthony Edwards and Paul George. So interesting, this is where the stars that are 3 and D players are are for the most part, right? Where it's like, you got Tatum here, you got Katie, Anthony Edwards, Paul George. I'd say Laurie Markkinen is on his way to being a star. This is uh, important to take away because it makes the most sense for star players that are good at defense because it just helps to be taller in basketball, right? Especially defensively. And these guys are, we all know, these guys are really good three-pointers. I'd say Desmond Bain might be a star if you're in a couple years as well. Uh, these are really good three-point shooters, really solid defenders, and they can impact around the rim, which is really valuable. Like KD's secondary rim protection as a four is super valuable. Jason Tatum's pretty good at everything on defense. <laughs> he can guard on ball. He rotates well. He generates some turnovers. He's pretty good at everything. Paul George, obviously, reputation precedes him. Really great defender. Anthony Edwards, really, like, good helper. But when he does defend on ball, I know he doesn't get on his primary thing. Looks really, really strong. So there's a lot of interesting players in this mix. I know Trey Murphy the third is a player that people are really excited about as, like, a 3 and D player that is maybe capable of doing more because he's just a really exciting scorer. But uh, I, I was listening to the Thinking Basketball podcast, really good podcast. I recommend it. And Cody uh, is the uh, one of the hosts, and he was talking about three uh, and D players. How if you're a three and D player and you can do anything else, all of a sudden you just turn into a really good player, which I thought was like a, a really funny way to think about that. Because there are some players on this list where it's like if they can add one more thing, like if Trey Murphy can add one more thing, it's like I think he's just a really good player. But I really like this list for 3 and D guys. Weirdly, I just think Jason Tatum's like the best 3 and D player in the league, which I, I know that's not how we describe him very often. But I was I, I pulled out all these names and I was looking at like top 75 players that I have that are also on this list. And it's like, oh, I guess Jason Tatum like is the best 3 and D player on the like in the league. But he can just do other things. But yeah, there was 12 players in this uh, kind of off ball helper chaser kind of category and i think these names are uh like there's nobody cheating this list right there's nobody that's getting on this list that didn't have a good season that's what i like having like the the role adjusted d lebron and the three-point catch and shooting uh, <laughs> this is such a long title like, this has got to be our longest title for a stat three-point catch and shoot catch and shooting shot me how do i say three-point catch and shoot 
Three-point catch-and-shoot shot making. Why, why was I trying to put additional S's in here? <laughs> That's our, our longest title <laughs> of any stat we have. Lastly, we're going to go to bigs. There's only three bigs that were true 3 and D players last year, and that was, uh, for anchor big, Porzingis and Brooke Lopez. I think that makes sense. Porzingis just recently traded to the Celtics. And then for mobile bigs, Al Horford, the ageless Al Horford. On offense, he was just a stationary shooter, which I think is really funny for Al Horford to be in that offensive role this year. But uh, really good 3 and D guys that spaced the floor consistently all season. So that's it. 24 total players. thought it was interesting. Nine of my top 75 players made this list. And, you know, they're, they're the names, you know, Paul George, Lori Marketing, Jason Tatum, Desmond Bain, Kevin Durant, Anthony Edwards, Paul George, Darius Garland, Porzingis, Brooke Lopez and Al Horford. But, yeah, I just wanted to put out a criteria for three and D players of something that I think is fair, that I think is something to shoot for, that I, I think stats that adjust well for what we're trying to look at. And I don't know, I might be interested in going back a number of years and seeing how many players, because like making this in one season is really nice and it's good and it provides value for your team because again, three and D players are valuable. But if you can make this list maybe like three times in five years or four times in six years, that's where you start to become a really high-end role player or sometimes like there's some stars on this list. Just it, it is a combination of skills that is valuable on every team. Like I've never seen a team where it's like, well, they don't need any more three and D guys, right? They're, they're, they're full up on three and D guys. I've, I've yet to see it. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Again, if you want to follow me on Twitter at Taylor metrics, and we'll see you on the next one of the basketball index podcast.